chapter number 7, and don't be afraid, I'm not going to preach all of those today. We have 15 minutes to do this two-hour message, so let's hurry up, okay? And uh, I pray that you'd be as patient as I am going to try to be expedient. In your Bible, Genesis chapter number 6 and Genesis chapter number 7, continuing our series of messages in the Bible in the book of Genesis. I tell you, I've enjoyed Rochester's immensely. I've enjoyed watching Brother Curtis, our deaf interpreter, trying to keep up with the fast songs. And then when they're not saying anything, he's looking around the corner to see what they're doing. And I'm teaching him how to do it. I say, do this. And so he does nothing. All right. But it's good that we have that ministry. I hope you brought your Bibles. Now I've got 11 minutes. In the book of Genesis, chapter number 6, I read for you verse number 17. Please look at your Bible. If you do not have one there, there should be one in the pew. If it doesn't have somebody's name on it, you can keep it. All right? The Bible said, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh. Wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. Not much guessing about what God's saying. Chapter 7, verse number 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month, the same day, were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. I don't know about you, but I have no problem believing this. And if you have a problem believing this, you join the multitudes and the throngs that was outside the ark when the fountains of the deep was broken up, the windows of heaven were open, and it started to rain. Where? Did all that water come from? And after 368 days in the ark, where did all that water go? These chapters surfaces all the skeptics of the Bible. If you have trouble believing this, you'll have a lot of trouble believing the rest. You say, preacher, why do you say that? Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. I read for you. The Bible says, by faith, Noah 
been warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, preparing an ark to the saving of his house by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is of faith. Now, these chapters will surface the skepticism that's in your faith. Either you believe it all, or you believe nothing at all. Because the Bible says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, moved with fear to the saving of his house. Daddy, Does your children see you operating and moving by faith in your home to the saving of the lost boys and girls that are raised in your home? It is important what you believe and what you do not believe about the text. You can always learn some tremendous lessons from Noah and the flood. Let me give you a few lessons that I've learned. Don't miss the boat. That's the first lesson I learned from Noah and the flood. The second lesson I've learned is we're all in the same boat. There ain't no Baptist boat and there ain't no Pentecostal boat And there ain't no your boat, it's God's boat. And unless you're in God's boat, you're in a whole lot of hurt. So don't miss the boat. And don't think you're too good to go in the same door that the flea walked in. I don't know why God took any fleas anyhow. Needed them, yeah. You notice I said if I read the rest of the text, it would say what went in the boat, two by twos and seven by sevens of the clean animals. Notice I did not say what came off the boat. Imagine a pair of rabbits on the boat for a year. It could get awful crowded in the boat. Third thing I learned, plan ahead. It wasn't raining when Noah began to build the boat. Fourth thing I've learned, stay fit. When you're 600 years old, someone may ask you to do something real big. I feel like I'm there now. Five, don't listen to critics. Just do the job that needs to be done. Six, build your future on high ground. <laughs> I'm pressing on the upward way. Number seven, for safety's sake, travel in pairs. 
Is your wife or husband a backseat driver? Do you ever get mad when she says, watch what you're doing? (laughs) Number eight, speed isn't always an advantage. The snails went through the same door that the cheetahs did. Today, if you've never entered the door of Jesus Christ, it don't make any difference how much money you got or how much learning you have. Everybody had to go in the same door. Number nine, when you're really stressed, just float a while. Chill out. Turn the motor off. You ain't driving this boat anyhow. What you think Noah must have said to God, Lord, where do you want this window? And the Lord said, in the top. And Noah said, but I can't see where I'm going. God said, you don't need to. I'm driving. Ain't that good? A few educated folk, isn't that a great deal? Number 10, remember that the ark was built by amateurs and the Titanic by professionals. I've got these copyrighted. I see some of you folk writing these down. I'll sue, honest, I will sue. (laughs) And last, no matter the storm, when you're with God, there's always a rainbow at the end. Ain't God good? I'd like to just speak with you for now three minutes on this subject. I forgot what it is. Noah the men of God. When the whole civilization was wicked beyond imagination, whenever thought and imaginary thing that happened in their life was continually evil only, And when the whole society was corrupt to the very root and violence was in the world, there was one man who stood head and shoulders above every other man, and his name was Noah. The Bible said, and Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He was a perfect man and upright and walked with God. What a man. And when the world was absolutely vulgar and ugly, when everything that was on the television was double X, 4X, 6X rated, there was one man. His name was Noah. And he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. 
May I please beg your attention to this thought. Noah had nothing to do with the flood. Noah had nothing to do with shutting the door. Noah had nothing to do. Noah is just an individual that in the sovereignty of God, now listen, God knows what's going on. And God controls the trigger on every gun. And may I say to you today, that God needed a man to carry on the lineage because of the promise in Genesis 3 and verse 15 where it said that God would preserve a seed and that seed would be the seed of a woman and her name would be Eve. And God needed a man. And if you look in Matthew and watch the genealogy, you will chase the genealogy of Jesus Christ all the way back to Adam and Eve. And if God had destroyed everybody, there would be no lintage. God's word would be wrong. And there would be error in this book. But God saw one man and had grace upon that man. I wish I could go into a lot of things about the flood. I know it's hard for you to believe. But did you know today if all the water that is on the earth, if the earth was completely level, the water would cover the earth 8,000 feet all the way around her. If the earth was flat, where did all that water come from? If you read your text, it says the fountains of the deep were broken up. The aquifer, the, the, the water that is under the earth. Do you have any idea how much water is under the earth? That broke up. The windows of heaven were opened and the, the firmament that's been there for since God created mankind, just a mist of billions of gallons of water suddenly rushed and hit the earth. And besides that, it rained. It said that in verse number 11. And God said it would. Real quick, I want you to notice. First of all, I want you to notice a divine verdict. Quick, I'm going to be done. Just a minute. I'm going to be done. You say, I thought he was going to preach. A divine verdict. Chapter 6 and verse 13. A divine verdict. It's all about God. In 6 and verse 13. Look at this. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me. The judge of all humanity, the creator of all there is, looked down and in verse number 5, he saw how wicked the world was. And in verse number 11, and God saw, also saw, that was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Notice, if you would please, down to verse 13, and God said to Noah, the end of all flesh is before me. Can you imagine any society so rotten 
so gone, so wicked, so violent, so terrible that God says there's no hope. After approximately 2,000, 1,500 years since creation and about 1,500 years since the fall in Genesis chapter 3, we come to Genesis chapter 6 and mankind is a total failure. God's master creation. God, the crown of all creation, man, has now run his dirty course and God says, I'm done. Adam, it's going to rain. A divine verdict. Secondly, I notice, if you please, a divine plan. Verse 14 of chapter number 6. Make thee an ark. I wonder how many arks were parked in the driveways in that day. Everybody's already always telling me that the ark was 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 50 feet high. Well, that depends on how long a cubic is. See, originally, a cubic was from the tip of the finger to the elbow. What if there's giants in the land? And there were, were. What if you measured a cupid with Goliath? That boat could be a pretty good-sized little boat. You say, that makes it hard to believe. I bet those folks that's on the outside of that great big old boat when the ground started rumbling and the water began to shoot from everywhere below and the windows of heaven just come crashing, I bet they believed they needed a boat about that time. You see, I want to help you a little bit. I know it's hard to believe. But God said unto Noah, Build the ark." How many times has God asked you, to get in the ark. You see, the ark in the Old Testament, let me give you a biblical interpretation law, would you? A biblical law of interpretation. Are you ready? It's going to get you. The physical and the material in the Old Testament typifies and symbolizes the heavenly and the divine in the New Testament. Now, for some of you rednecks, it means the ark in the Old Testament is a type of Christ in the New Testament. The Bible said, if any man be in, tell me, okay, you could put ark there if you'd like to. If any man, did you know that Noah was said to be in the book of 1 Peter, a preacher of righteousness? Did you know that in 1 Peter it says that Peter preached, I mean that Noah preached 120 years, preached the gospel for 120 years to that hardened society. Only eight was saved. 
Now tonight at 6.30, you'll see how many this crowd saved. You're not in the boat. You're just hanging on. What you have is peg theology. God did not tell Noah to drive eight pegs in the outside of the ark so that his family could hang on until it was over. You know, you're just hanging on. What you need to do is turn loose and get in the ark instead of hanging on to the ark. Uh, you in church when you feel like it, and you tithe when you feel like it, and you do everything for God when you feel like it, you are just hanging on. You know nothing about being in Christ because in Christ we're new creations. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Your peg theology won't hang when the water starts rising. God had a plan. I had a plan. It ain't working. A divine warning. Verse 6, chapter 6 and verse 17. Look at it. Chapter 6. A divine warning. God loves us. God warns us. God warns us in compassion and love. God warns us. And behold, I even I do bring a flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh. Wherein is the breath of life? If that was me, I'd be looking for a door. And everything that is in the earth shall die. My wife is a great horticulturist. If you need any advice, she'll be on Facebook. She puts on her garden. Uh, something that's called dimaceous earth. Any of you ever heard of it? We got some in the back for sale. There's only one place you can get dimaceous. Only one. And they found an 80-foot whale vertical. Preserved in the mines of the Dimensions. Pray on. Wonder how long that took. Geologists will tell you that the Colorado River has cut the Grand Canyon that deep. Wonder how long it would take for a tiny river to cut a hole in the earth that wide and that deep. Several geologists today says no way in the world could the Colorado do that. That canyon was formed by a chasmolytic overrun of Russian water. Mount St. Helen, Helen uh, erupted a few years ago. And to everybody's surprise, when the ash had settled 
and the smoke had settled and the water began to run, things happened in Mount St. Helen in one day that all geologists said took millions of years. Segmentary rock is rock that is formed by sediments. Sediments. Only water pressure creates sedimental rock. And the Earth's surface is 75% all over made up of rock that was created by pressure, water pressure. Now, I know you don't believe that there was a flood. 230 different people groups in the world talk and tell of a worldwide flood. Not just we Christians. Not just we Americans who have a King James Bible. 230 people groups in the world Talk about a flood, a catastrophic flood of the whole world. God said, I'm going to flood the earth, and if you want to miss the flood, get in the boat. Divine Invitation, chapter 7, verse 1. And the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come, thou and all thy house, into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. A divine invitation. Whosoever will may come. The door's still open. Aren't you glad of that? Yeah, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. And Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any enter in. Now listen, they shall be saved. Saved from what? The wrath to come. The hell that is hot the separation from Almighty God and the sweetness and the love and the joy of the Holy Spirit separated forever in the pits of the damned. But you don't have to be there. God has always provided an ark. Something else, divine safety in the ark. I don't know, I, I cannot, I do not have the vocabulary to explain what went on in the ark during the flood. But I think Baptists have been lying to Sunday school kids for a long time. And all the art and all the pictures you see of Noah and the flood. Noah has Bermuda shorts on, sitting out on deck, gently floating along, 
sunshine, just not too hot with a little midst of rain. Do you think that when the fountains of the deep begin to belch and to burp and volcanic arise and mountains shooting out of the ground that has never been there before. Do you think when all the deluge of trillions of gallons of water is suddenly turned loose as the windows of heaven open and crash down to the earth and the weight and the, and the, and the convulsions of the earth and the the tsunamis and the tidal waves and all that's going on. Don't you think, bless God, knowing his crowd was real glad that God had his hand on it. Can you imagine the waters rushing the earth? The earth was not mountainous. Can you imagine, if you would please, the great rocky mountains in one day out of the earth and standing tall. And the ocean beds shake miles just to make room for all the water that God is going to let off the earth so that Noah and his crowd, who found safety and security in the ark that God planned, imagine what's going on on the earth for 365 days. Do you know they have found sea fossils at 29,000 feet on Mount Everest? How did them fish get up there? High jump? Oh, the Olympic fish. There are fossils all over this world. Mammoths that have been suddenly killed, preserved in ice, if you please, with green grass in their mouth. How did that happen? Was that a slow mammoth eating? Or was there something sudden, plasmaclitic pressure beyond all imagination as the waters rush back and forth, as the tidal waves back and forth, bringing mud from the south and back from the north and from the east and from the west and laying all those sediments down. And where do you think the coal came from? The forest of that day was suddenly covered, if you please, with tremendous pressure, and the wood had now become coal. How did that happen if there was no Now listen, I'm done. You said that two hours ago. If there's coal in the ground, if those fish in Mount Everest did not have climbing tools, there was a flood. Just like God said, that's why Noah, by faith, moved with fear, being warned of things not yet seen. 
you listening? As in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man shall be. If it rained and Noah built a boat, you put it out. He's coming back. And thank God he said, I am the door. By me, if enter in, I'll be the ark that will carry you through every storm of life till Jesus comes.